welcome to the Baylor Line Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cunningham. And I'm also the editor of the Baylor Line magazine. Today we have a conversation with John Morris. If you don't know John Morris, you've probably heard him. He's been the voice of the Baylor Bears for something like 30 years. In the conversation, we talk about how he got into broadcasting, what motivates him, and what makes for a great broadcast. I hope you enjoy. Let's jump in. John, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the invitation. It's good to be with you, Craig. <laughs> Uh, all right, first things first, what do you think about these new uniforms? <laughs> well, let's start right at the top there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing I like the best is the overall uh, philosophy now of United and that all of our, that we have one green, that we have one gold, all of our, our teams will, you know, be along those same lines and have the same, you know, sort of direction with their uniforms. So that's the thing I like the best. Because, you know, we've sort of been all over the place with colors and with designs and alternates and all that kind of stuff. So Nike put 18 months of work into this. And really, it was fun to watch their due diligence when they talked to so many different groups of Baylor alums and current students and student athletes and coaches and got input from everybody. So I was really impressed watching them work. And Jovan Overshone on our part, you know, from the athletic department sort of headed up that project. So... Um, it'll, it'll, it's different. It's going to be different. And, uh, I just hope that everybody gives it a chance. And, and, you know, the best thing is that we know what our Baylor colors are now. We know what our uniforms are going to look like. Right. So give us just a little bit of background about where you came from and how you got into broadcasting in yeah. the first place. Well, my parents, uh, went to Baylor and that's how I knew about Baylor. My dad was a religion major and instead of going to Southwestern Seminary, which most did at that time, he graduated in 1958, he went to Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And so then I was born a year later in Louisville. So I grew up in Kentucky. And when I graduated high school, I was getting close. I knew about Baylor and came down, visited and just loved it. So uh, ended up coming to school here and never left. Uh, I was interested in broadcasting, majored in, it was radio TV at the time and uh, got a job at Channel 10 before I'd even graduated from Baylor and worked at KWTX for 15 years. And then in 1987, started working with Frank Fallon, which was the best learning experience anybody could ever hope for. And then when Frank retired in 1995, I followed him. I'll never say I replaced Frank Fallon. That's, that's never going to happen, but I followed him in this job. So that's sort of the, the short version of how that all happened. So Frank Fallon, he was a legend. What uh, what did you learn from him? I mean, what what did you take away from being under his his kind of mentorship? Yeah, we could spend the whole podcast talking about that because there was so much. Uh, Frank was so professional in everything that he did. You know, the way he delivered the broadcast, but then off the air, he was so professional also. And that was one thing I learned from him. I learned about preparation from him. He was always so keenly prepared in everything that he did. I learned how important that is. So I think that's carried on through the years. And just the way he did a broadcast, you know, it wasn't a we and a they broadcast. You know, he was very fair to the other team. If the other team did something well, he, he called it like that. But he knew that most people listening were Baylor folks, you know, so he was talking to mostly a Baylor audience. So he got excited, you know, when Baylor did things well also. So, you know, things like that I learned from him that are just invaluable. And uh, it was the greatest learning experience ever to work with him for eight years. What was your first game 
do you remember your first time on the air and, yeah. and what that moment was like? For you? Yeah. Well, first game uh, in football working with Frank was 1987, the season opener against Louisiana Tech, and I was just nervous as could be. You know, <laughs> this was Mr. Fallon. This was Frank Fallon. And the thing I had to get over first was calling him Mr. Fallon on the air. Uh -huh. <laughs> he kept saying, you can call me Frank. <laughs> and I just had so much respect for him that I had a hard time getting past that. So that was the first game, and he was doing play-by-play, -play, obviously, and I was doing color, and I don't think I was greatly suited to do color analysis or anything. And he said, just you're another set of eyes up here. Just talk about what you see. And so he was very uh, nurturing to me back then. Uh, but the first Baylor game I actually did was 1984. Uh, well, I mean, I did games when I was a student at Baylor, but then 1984, Frank was doing Southwest Conference TV games, and if there was a conflict with a Baylor game on Saturday, basketball, um, he would ask me to do the basketball games. So the first bas Baylor game, you know, professionally, really, that I ever did was December of 84, Baylor-Vanderbilt at the heart mm. of Texas Coliseum. C.M. Newton was the coach, you know, for Vanderbilt, and Jim Haller was the coach at Baylor. And so I got to fill in for Frank doing a lot of basketball games on a lot of Saturdays. You, you had to be extremely nervous. I would have been. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was. I think I was uh, just naive enough to not be as nervous as I should have been. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's good then. I guess. I mean, I was nervous. I definitely was. But, you know, I thought if I'm nervous, I can't do as good a job as I need to do. And so I just, you know, just tried to make it as professional as I could. You talked a little bit about learning how to prepare. Um, I think that, you, you know, a good broadcast, you almost don't notice it because mm -hmm. it, it feels like it's just part of the game. But talk about the preparation. What do you do to prepare for a game? Yeah, good question. It's, it's different for different sports. You know, for football, you've got all week to prepare for one game. So you've got a lot of time to get ready. Of course, there's more players to get to know and learn about and more stats to sort of digest over the course of the week. But, uh, you know, we'll look at, we get lots of stuff given to us, you know, releases for Baylor, releases for the news releases for whoever we're playing and then Big 12 Conference. And then there's a lot of other sources out there of stories you can read about players and about teams. So it's, it's fun to have that time to prepare a whole week leading up to a, a football game. I'll do a spotting board and, you know, offense and defense, two or three deep on each side for both Baylor and whoever we're playing. And then, you know, watch some uh, game tape or, you know, previous game televised games. And that helps a lot just to get comfortable with the players. Mm. Who are some other broadcasters besides Frank Fallon that, that influenced you or that you admired, uh, especially as a young broadcaster? Right. Uh, I think a lot, really. Uh, I, I think I learned from a lot of people, I'm, and I'm still learning today. I mean, I learn every day, and I like to listen to this time of year as we record this in early May. Uh, I like to listen to Major League Baseball announcers, mm -hmm. you know, because I've got a little more time on my hands. And I was listening to the uh, Reds uh, game, Reds-Mets game last night. I love. I grew up in Kentucky, so I grew up a Reds fan. And I've always liked Marty Brenneman. He's their Hall of Fame announcer. And uh, Marty's retiring at the end of this year after 46 years. So actually, the first, game, first job I ever had in broadcasting was in my hometown of Danville, Kentucky. And I was running Reds games on WHIR radio. Really? And yeah, because I would work the 6 to midnight shift, and most of that was baseball. And so that was Marty Brenneman. When I was in high school, that was Marty doing the games. And here he is, this many years later, still doing games and retiring at the end of the season. 
So I really like him, and there are just so many others, you know, that uh, that we get to cross paths with, and that I get to listen to and watch. So I, I never I never stop learning. That's for sure. You, uh, as part of your job, I'm sure you get to travel to a lot of different places, a lot of different cities. What's the best? What's your favorite place to go? <laughs> best food, best people, yeah. best media setup. What's your favorite kind of? What, what do you see on the calendar and go, okay, I'm looking forward to that game? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those too. Uh, when you're in, when we were in the Southwest Conference, you got used to those stops, and now the Big 12, there's a few different ones in there. I miss going to uh, Boulder, Colorado. That was mm-hmm. always fun. I loved when Colorado was in the Big 12, and Boulder right there at the foothills of the Rockies is just fantastic view. I love going to Nebraska, too. I miss that. Their fans, you hear about their fans being a sea of red, and Uh they really are, but to see it in person is just unbelievable. So those are two that I miss, that I've been to, that I miss going to now. Um, It's it's always fun when we get to go somewhere new, like going to a place that we've never been or never, you know, had a game or I've never broadcast a game, and those don't come up that often these days because conference places, of course, you go there every year, and then uh, a lot of times non-conference even are places that you have been to before also. So um, there, there's there's a lot of good ones, you know, in, in the Big 12. Uh, Texas, when you play down there, it's 100,000 now, and Oklahoma is yeah. close to 100,000. I mean, just the sheer volume of people that are there, and that that's football. And and then you talk about Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence for basketball. I mean, that's just a shrine to basketball, and their fans are so good, and they always fill the place up. That's really fun. Gallagher-Ibo Arena in Stillwater is fun. So there's a lot of good places that we get to go, and we do try to find new places to eat, even at <laughs> places like that where we go all the time. We look for some new places or local places, and that's always fun part of the trip also. So you've been doing this for 32 years, right? Yes. That's Is that hard for you to believe, or does it feel like it's been that long? No, it doesn't at all. It really doesn't. When you say that, that seems like a long time. But I think I just take it you know, somewhere, sort of game by game and at the end of the season, okay, season by season. And eight of those years were with Frank. So eight years doing color and then 24 years, you know, doing play by play following Frank. Uh, so it really doesn't seem like it's been that long. And then at other times I'll look at pictures, like I've got a picture on my shelf of uh, the first year Frank and I worked together and Craig Harper was our engineer and Jerry Clemens was our producer. I look at that and I think, yeah, look at that guy. That, that has been a while. <laughs> it's been 32 years. <laughs> yeah, it has been 32 years. Uh, in those 32 <laughs> years, what is, what's the, your favorite call you've ever done? Oh, gosh. I, be, I know there's been so many yeah, national be, championships and all that. Right. Does one stand out? I'd be hard-pressed to pick one. There are several that are really top of mind. Uh, when we beat A&M in football in, uh, what year was that, 2004. Yep. We hadn't beaten them in 19 years. They were ranked. We were not. Beat them in overtime <laughs> at Floyd Casey Stadium. The, the call of that game, J.J., Joe, and I, it was the worst call ever because we just kind of screamed. <laughs> but Baylor people, I think, knew something good had happened. Right. So that's one that's, that's definitely top of mind. Um, you know, when we beat Kansas and we've beaten them several times in basketball, those are just big, big wins. Uh, you know, this past year we beat Texas coming from 19 down to beat Texas at home. That's oh, a yeah. huge win. Yeah. And the way the team, you know, played this year in basketball – after all the injuries that they had gone through, that was big. 
Um, baseball, we did a regional at Rice one time where we trailed by nine runs and came back to win the game. You know, things like that sort of stick in my mind as really exciting finishes. And uh, it sure was fun to have a, a great seat like I, like I had for those. So on the flip side of that, is there a call uh, or, a, or a gaffe you've made <laughs> over these years where you're like, oh, man, that's, that was embarrassing? Yeah, too many to count. <laughs> you know, too many to count. But then that's just sort of, all right, you made that mistake, correct it, whatever you need to do, and then move on. So I don't dwell on that for sure. But there have been a bunch of those through the years also. <laughs> yeah. When you, well, when you talk that much. Uh, that's it. Know, yeah. Thank you. You're going to make a mistake. That's it. Um, and speaking of that, do, I've always wondered, you know, do people ever hear you talking in public? And, and you know, usually you say, I think I recognize you. <laughs> right. But people might say to you, I think I recognize your voice. Yeah. Does that happen to you? It, it does. And I take it as a compliment. I mean, that means they're listening to us, listening to our games. So it's really nice when people hear that. Uh, and I'll just, you know, if I am sitting at a table or something and, and somebody overhears a conversation... You know, and they just, you can see them kind of leaning in and <laughs> listening and say, I thought that was you. Yeah. And so it's very nice. It is a compliment. Funny thing, one time Frank and I were working together at a track meet, a Baylor Invitational, and we had a break and we walked up to the uh, concession stand to get something. And he and I were just talking at the concession stand and the guy said, you guys just keep on talking. It's like I'm listening to my own personal radio. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, really, again, a compliment that somebody would say that. Hey, if you're interested in news and updates about Baylor, I want to invite you to sign up for our Friday 5 email. Uh, it's a very short email that goes out every Friday morning with five of the top stories that happened at Baylor that week. You can sign up at BaylorLineFoundation.com backslash Friday dash five. Let's get back to our conversation. Well, you have a distinct voice. Well, that's nice. And, uh, and which is a good thing for right. your profession, obviously. Do you ever get, um, do you ever get people on the opposite side that that are haters or online or, I mean, are, do people ever, or fans ever give you trouble or is it usually pretty smooth sailing? Uh, apparently that's out there and I just don't pay any attention to it. You know, I just do the best job that I can and uh, try to, you know, serve the, the Baylor family the best that I can. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. So if somebody has an issue with that, you know, there's not much more I can do than what I'm already doing. Uh, it is interesting that when football was down for a few years, we got a lot of complaints about our broadcast. Hmm. I say a lot, but there were some complaints about our broadcast. And then all of a sudden we started winning and we're winning Big 12 championships and people are saying, yeah, y'all do a great That's job. A great Everything's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of, maybe it's sort of the, the messenger. Um, and that's not to say that I do a perfect job every time out. I can always do better. But uh, uh, apparently there's some of that out there. But I think if you're in broadcasting, it's just part of the job that there's going to be some people that like you and there's some people that aren't going to like you or your style. And uh, I think that's just part of it. I know for me growing up as a Baylor fan, it, it's, it's almost impossible to separate Baylor sports from your voice. Oh, yeah. It, nice. They just kind of go hand in hand. That's nice. And so even hearing you now is like a... Uh, you know, a flood of memories going to Baylor games as a kid and all that stuff. So, That's great. That's um, great. Well, and there's, you know, in broadcasting, I think continuity and longevity, I think that that means a lot. I think for people who grow up listening to a, a person or something like that, and then they hear them even later, you know, it's sort of a, it's a tie to the university. Maybe some people don't even live in Waco and they come back and they hear, you know, hear our broadcast and it kind of brings them home hopefully so yeah. we're very aware of that 
I think I think that's true. Um, you've interviewed obviously every major Baylor athlete coach. Were there any any coaches or, or athletes that were particularly uh, prickly towards the media? Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. And and I think I understand that because you know coaches a lot of times are two different people: an in season coach or an out of season coach. Huh. You know, sometimes you might catch a coach in season and he's very focused on what he's doing and he knows he's got to do that pregame interview with me, but he, it's the last thing in the world that he wants to do. So it could be construed as being prickly, but it's more, I understand, he's just got a lot of constraints on his time and he's focused on winning games. So there have been a few like that and it really makes you, and same thing for postgame interviews. Coaches know they've got to do a post-game interview, win or lose, and sometimes they sure don't want to do that after a loss, but it sort of cuts both ways. We've got to do it, uh, win or lose. So there have been a few like that, but for the most part, you know, they know that I've got a job to do, and and it's part of their job also. So I think we, I hope there's a mutual respect there. I know I certainly respect everything that they do and how hard they work. So I try to make it as, as easy or palatable as I can for them. What do you think is the most rewarding part of your, your work, your job? Mm. I, love, I, I love broadcasting, and I would love broadcasting anywhere, I think. But to do it for your school, to do it for Baylor, is just special. Mm. It really is, because I, I've been around here a long time from when I started as a freshman in 1977. I've been around Baylor, you know, that whole time. So hopefully I've got some perspective through the years of, you know, just knowing the Baylor way and the Baylor culture and, and knowing the Baylor family and our fans and hearing from them. Uh, hopefully that pays off in broadcast. So if I say this is a big win or this is a big series coming up, you know, there's a little bit of perspective behind that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get excited just like Baylor fans do. It's not concocted at all. I mean, when we do well, when Baylor does well, I love it. You know, I, I want us to win as every game. I want us to win as much as, you know, average fans do. So that's, that's the best part is just doing games for your school, for Baylor, where you're fully invested in how the teams do and, and working for the athletic department. I know everybody in the athletic department work around them and how hard they work and the coaches, uh, head coaches and assistant coaches and everybody, managers and trainers, how much time they spend in this. And so, you know, if it's a win, it's a win for a lot of people due to a lot of people's hard work. I remember the, uh, the first time I was in the press box at Baylor, I'd never been in a press box before and went up there and um, I'm kind of covering the game and they score a touchdown and I want to jump up and scream, yeah. but nobody, you know, nobody, right. nobody jumps up and screams in the press box because it is kind of this, you've got to be detached. You're working, bit. yeah. You're working. Uh, but you get to, you, you know, your emotion obviously comes through when, when you make a call. We're a little different. You know, we're not in the main writer's press box. And so we're in our own booth. And I think if we don't get excited when it's a big play for Baylor, then it's not going to be a very good broadcast. Right. I don't think people would want to listen to something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, what What about student athletes? Who have, been, who have been some of the student athletes you've covered um, that have that have been particularly special to you, or that you've developed uh, relationships with over the years? Yeah, I mean, so many, and that's that's such a fun thing to watch them come to Baylor and then grow and excel in whatever sport they were in. And a lot of them go on to great professional careers. And then these years later to stay in touch with them and see them when they come back. 
there's a guy who pitched for Baylor named Kyle Evans, yeah. who was here in the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, about three weeks ago, he was at Baylor Ballpark. He's working for the Chicago Cubs now. Okay. He's their, yeah, he's their senior director of player personnel. And I'm walking into the ballpark, and I look at him. And I say, I know you. And, and he says, hey, John. And it's Kyle Evans. And he's got a great uh, job now, you know, professional career. And it's just so cool to know that I was doing games when he was here. And now look where he is now. So that's really fun. And there have been a lot of guys and girls in a lot of different sports that I've gotten to know through the years. And that's one of the other benefits of being here as long as I have is um, – you know, like Walter and the Bee Association, he he's a good contact point for a lot of these former student athletes. And in some cases, uh, I am too, you know, they know me from when they were here. And so I'm their contact at Baylor or at Baylor Athletics. So that's really fun just to stay in touch with so many through the years. So you, you've been doing this 32 years now. Um, what, what advice do you give young broadcasters that, that ask you, or, or have or are kind of following your career, what, what do you tell them? Sure. I'm not sure I'm the best source for that, but just <laughs> things I've learned by trial and error through the years is I would encourage it. You know, I think that the, the medium is changing and you can change with it, but I think there's always going to be a place for play-by-play, whether it's consumed over a transistor radio or over your smartphone or on your laptop or satellite receiver. You know, it gets distributed different ways, but I think there's always a place for that. Uh, and, and I understand people will watch a game on television if they have that option, probably over listening to it on the radio, but then there's some people that can't get to a TV, mm-hmm. and so they're going to you know go for the radio broadcast. And uh, some people just like to hear our broadcast, you know, a Baylor broadcast compared to a national broadcast of games. So I think there's always a market for that. And I would say just, you know, get your foot in the door, get some practical experience in broadcasting. I think broadcasting is, is uh, a radio TV or film and digital media. It's more practical experience. Just get in there and do it and learn and make mistakes and be better at it the next time, you know, as much as sitting in the classroom and learning. So uh, just find a job. And if you want to do play-by-play, just find a way to do games you know, if it's a junior high football game on a Thursday night or if it's high school games on Fridays, that's great experience. Uh, minor league baseball, those guys do tons of games mm. over the course of a season, but it's just experience built upon night of night of doing games. So I would encourage people to do that, and I think just getting your foot in the door and then just, you know, sort of following your dream and finding ways to do games, maybe different sports, have a variety, um, good background. Um, and I, that's what I would say. Hmm. Was it always, did you always want to do sports or was there ever an option to do, I don't know, uh, radio or anything like that? Uh, why, why sports for you? I, I just liked it. I, you know, I liked, I liked broadcasting and I love sports mm-hmm. and I thought mixing those two together was just the best. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was at Channel 10, I did mostly sports. I did some news and I did the news because they told me to, and I didn't really like it that much. Now, it was, it, was, it was a kick when you were in the middle of a big story. You know, something yeah. big was going on. The adrenaline rush was pretty good, but I would get more of an adrenaline rush just doing sports every night than pretty much anything I would do in news. So I just liked it, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So uh, 
Last question. Okay. What What do you think about the team this year? What are your What are your thoughts about yeah. how we're going to do? What are we talking? Football. Football. Yeah. Football. I like uh, love what Coach Rule and his staff have done. You know, to improve by six wins from his first season to his second season uh, is just a huge jump. Nobody, no school in the country made a bigger jump than Baylor did last year. And if we improve by six more, we'll be yeah. playing the Big Twelve <laughs> we'll Championship right. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a little much of a stretch to even think about that. But just to see the way he has set the foundation for the program so quickly and had success so quickly from one win to seven wins, you know, in two years and now going into year three and the way they've recruited and the guys we have coming back and got a veteran quarterback and Charlie Brewer to build around. Uh, I, I think that we are going to be right there in the top half, maybe top third of the big 12 and, uh, you know, I think the goals are to play for Big 12 championships and eventually get into the college football playoffs. So I like the way our coaches think and, you know, the way they have instilled that in the players. So I think we're in for another really, really good year. I saw, I saw today in the USA Today preseason poll, they had Baylor at 24. So right. I don't think the, uh, the secret's out, you know. Right. <laughs> and for us to start in the top 25, you know, last year we didn't. But to start in the top 25 is uh, terrific. Then there's, you know, you keep winning, you're going to keep going up, obviously, in the polls. So that's great to get that recognition in the offseason. And I think it's very well deserved. How have you seen, I said last question, this yeah. will be the last question. How have you seen uh, expectations for Baylor sports change over the years? I have seen tremendous growth in that area and and deservedly so. You know, our coaches come in and they talk about winning championships, both conference and national championships, and then they go out and do it. And our fans say, all right, I'm with you. I'm on board with that. So I think the expectations have definitely raised through the years. Um, you know, football used to be, a, you know, a good season every once in a while. I mean, every several years, not a consistent winner. But I think now the expectation is bowl games every year, and we're disappointed if we don't go to a bowl game. Uh, you know, what Coach Mulkey has done with women's basketball is, you know, that's expectations through the roof. Mm -hmm. They're disappointed if they don't go to the Final Four, you know, or win a national championship. And then Scott Drew, what he's done, you know, to get the team to NCAA tournaments pretty much every year, that's sort of the expectation for them. So baseball, softball, same thing. So... It's just, uh, it's fun to see, and it's a credit to our coaches and the way they recruit, you know, great student athletes and the way they get them to perform that uh, it's legitimate expectations to think that our teams, whatever the sport, could contend for championships every year. Yeah. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for, for doing this with us. Greg, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Sickle right. Bears. That was John Morris. If you want to learn more about the Baylor Line Foundation, visit us at BaylorLineFoundation.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and rate us and let us know who else you would like for us to interview. We will see you next time.